Welcome. Thank you for listening to Clear Bible and Merry Christmas. This is my Christmas sermon for 2022. Now, you could certainly be listening to this at some other time of year or even in some other year, and it could be relevant because the Word of God is living and active. So if it's some other time, don't don't be bothered by the Merry Christmas here. Listen to the Word of God and listen to what the Lord might say to you through it. And of course, we want to do that here and now as well for those who are listening in the Christmas season of 2022. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. So if you want to get there, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. And let's pray before we read that. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I pray that your word would go out now, that you would use me to say whatever you want to say, that you would open our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear exactly what you want to say. If you need to change what I'm going to say, then please do that. If you need to change the way we hear things, please do that. We are, we're here to hear from you, even on this day, even on Christmas. We want to hear from you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. I think it's significant that even in places, even, even people who are not Christians are affected by Christmas. Even now, 2,000 years after the birth of Jesus, when it comes to the season in which we celebrate the birth of Jesus, it affects millions and millions of people, including many, many people, and probably millions of people who don't actually have faith in Jesus Christ. We're all a little bit kinder this time of year. We're, we're a little bit more warm and caring. We're a little bit more prone to forgive and, and let bygones be got bygones. We, we tend to be a little bit more gracious. And this is true even of those who don't know Jesus. And it's true even in countries that aren't necessarily uh, fully Christian. And it's, you know, even like Korea, I think, is about 30% Christian. And yet when they celebrate the Christmas season... Koreans are aware of it, and it's, it's even a little bit part of Korean culture, not, not maybe as big as it is in Western culture, but the Korean people are aware of it. And so it, 
I think one of the reasons Matthew included the story about the wise men, or at least for me, what one of the things the story says to me is that Jesus is indeed for the whole world. However, I want to say this. I will I'll be honest with you. If I was God inspiring people to write the Bible, I would either keep the wise men out of this gospel or I would explain it a little bit more than is explained here. There's only two of the four gospels that tell us much about the birth of Jesus, right? We've got John, who's all philosophical, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And, you know, eventually it goes on and says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's John's description of the birth of Jesus. Perfectly accurate, but includes no actual details about how it took place. Mark doesn't even go there. He just starts with Jesus when Jesus is an adult. But Matthew and Luke both tell us about the circumstances surrounding the birth of Jesus, and they tell us pretty much the same things. The one difference is this passage right here about the wise men. Luke does not have that. And then Matthew does not have the passage that Luke has about the angels. But other than that, they have some some details here. Now, Matthew, our text is from Matthew, he spends a lot of time in this first section of Scripture talking about the birth of Jesus and about how his birth and the circumstances surrounding it are the fulfillment of various prophecies from the Old Testament. But he does not mention any prophecy about these wise men from the East. He doesn't doesn't really say anything about them. I think if there was some kind of prophecy that he felt was clearly about this, He would have mentioned it, but he doesn't. And so not only does this not have anything to do with biblical prophecy, but at first glance, it doesn't seem to have to do anything with the Christian faith or or even with, with the biblical Jewish faith. And let me explain that a little bit. The term that is translated wise men is actually comes from a Greek word, which means magician. It, it, it really, what it describes is a Babylonian priest, a pagan Babylonian priest who studies astrology and, and the weather and, and you know all kinds of weird stuff. These people, the word used there, I think a better word would be magi. Magi is a transliteration of the Greek word there. The magi were pagan shamans. They... they kind of had the same function in Babylonian society as Druids had in Celtic society. The, these are pagan priests. They're shamans. They, they get involved in pagan rituals. They study the stars and the time of year. And, so it's, it, and, and even more than that, so we're talking about pagan priests coming to see Jesus, but even more than that, we're saying they learned about the birth of Jesus through astrology. Now, there are other places in Scripture that tell us not to, not to do seances, you know, not, not to use, not to try and contact the spirit world, so to speak, other than through Jesus. And other things that say, you know, we, sh- we shouldn't study the stars and do all that stuff. And here they are, they study the stars and the stars lead them to Jesus. This does not fit the typical narrative that we find in the Bible. And this is one of the arguments I, I make about those who say the Bible was made up by people who were just trying to put it together for power and control. This doesn't fit. And if 
people were sort of putting the Bible together for their own purposes, this would get the boot. This wouldn't be in here. The only reason for it to be here is because it actually happened. I want to set up the timeline here a little bit as well. We sometimes picture, I remember as a kid, I had a nativity set, and, and we would sort of do this thing where in Advent, we'd have Joseph and Mary journeying along the buffet, the top of the buffet towards the stable. And each day we'd move them a little bit closer. And then finally, and we'd have the wise men coming from the other direction and they would slowly move towards the stable. And finally on Christmas, we'd put Mary and Joseph in the stable. We'd pull out the little baby figurine, put him in the stable and then put the wise men around there too. The wise men probably were not there at the birth of Jesus. This probably happened anywhere from a year to two years afterwards and some of that is we know because of how the story unfolds right they saw the star and then they went so the star had already appeared when they went and they told when the star first appeared and Herod took them aside and said okay tell me about this tell me when exactly you think this child was born and then when the wise men did not go back and identify the child for him Herod is worried this child is going to destroy his kingdom, that this child is going to be a usurper, a rival to him or to his children. And so he wants the child dead. The wise men didn't tell him who it was. And so he says, all right, kill every child in Bethlehem, two years old or younger. That two years was probably a high mark. Herod was probably being safe. So I would guess that Jesus at this point, when the wise men went to see him, was either a year, 18 months, something like that. He was probably not a newborn. He was probably not two years old. He was probably somewhere in between. So that's the timeline. I, I, you know, we like to think of the wise men worshiping Jesus in a barn. Probably they were out of the barn by that point. They probably were in a house. And in fact, the word there, it says that they went to the house. So what do we do with this? What do we do with these, these pagan priests led by astrology to come worship Jesus? In the first place, this says to me, Jesus is for all people. His life, his death, his resurrection, his teaching, they're not intended only for the Jews and the small nation of Israel. From his very birth, his influence and his significance are there for the whole world. The wise men were not Jews by religion. They were not Jews by birth. But Jesus was for them too. We call Christmas a Christian holiday, and, and some people are offended when you say Merry Christmas if they're not Christian, but this is saying this is for the whole world. This child came for the whole world. It's a gift for all people, including pagan priests. Even today, as I said at the beginning, Christmas affects millions of people who are not themselves Christians. And so even today, anyone, you know, certain, certain religions typically... In Islam, typically, if you are born a Muslim, you're supposed to stay a Muslim. That's who you are. That's who you were born that way. And they don't always have trouble with Christians who were born into Christian families. They say, well, that's fine. They were born Christian. And the Hindus often have the same sort of thing. Well, you're born Hindu. You're supposed to stay Hindu. But Jesus says, I don't care what you were born. I don't care what religion you're born into. I am for all human beings. Jesus is for all people. It doesn't matter where you were born doesn't matter what you've done, what you haven't done. Jesus is for you. Jesus is for us. A couple more things about these wise men. The Bible does not actually tell us how many of them there are. A lot of, you know, 
folklore says there were three of them and it even gives them names. None of that comes from the Bible. I just read you everything in the Bible that there was about the wise men right now. You just heard it all. So there's no names, there's no numbers. We don't know how many of them there are. The Greek word is plural, so we know there was more than one. There probably was not a large group either. I think a, a very large group would have maybe been described slightly differently than this. I think a lot of people assume there were three because there were three types of gifts given, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But again, we don't know that there were only three. There might have been two. There might have been five. My guess is there were probably fewer than 10. It wasn't necessarily a large group. And that brings up another question. So they were, they were definitely not the only pagan priests in Babylon at that time who studied the stars. They were not the only people who saw that star. Why did they go to see Jesus and not all the pagan priests? I think the answer is this. These men saw Jesus in the stars because in their hearts they were honestly seeking the truth. They were honestly hungering for God. When they got to Jerusalem and they talked to King Herod, where's the child? They said, we want to worship him. And when they got to the house where Jesus was, that is exactly what they did. They worshiped him. I, I don't think this is an affirmation of astrology. Instead, I think it's an affirmation of honest seeking. They didn't know the Bible. They'd never heard of the Messiah. They didn't have Jewish preachers where they were. But they were truly seeking God. They pursued him honestly and diligently as best as they knew how. And since there were no other means available, God used the stars to direct them to Jesus. And by the way, this is a big contrast between them and Herod and the Jewish leaders. Herod wasn't a Jew, but he was surrounded by Jewish people. He could have learned about the Jewish religion anytime. And of course, the, the Jewish leaders that were around him, they knew. They knew the scriptures. They knew the Messiah was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And in fact, Matthew shows them quoting some of the scripture here. But when they heard about this, they didn't say, oh my gosh, is that the Messiah? What are we going to do? Let's go find him. Let's go worship him. No. Instead, they were concerned about, well, how is this going to affect our power? How is this going to affect our plans, our ambitions? They weren't interested in worshiping God in the same way that the Magi were, the, the wise men, these pagan priests. They weren't looking for God. It was the pagan priests, completely ignorant of the Bible, who found God when he came into the world. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14 says this, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 7, Keep asking and it will be given you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and the one who knocks, to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The wise men were seeking, they were asking, they were knocking. In accordance with those promises, when they searched wholeheartedly, they did find the true God. And so I, I wouldn't say that it's astrology or their pagan religion that sort of is one road to God. Their, God used what they had to work with to bring them to the truth. There is truth, and it matters. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so it's, it's not that astrology is right, that astrology is, is the truth, but 
it's God saying, if you are really seeking me, I'll use whatever I have to hand to bring you to the truth. The difference between these pagan priests and the other pagan priests, the difference between these wise men and the Jewish leaders is their hearts. They had seeking hearts. And when they went to Jerusalem, they didn't go there and perform astrological circles and pentagrams and all the rest of that. They just worshiped him. The word there is actually bowed down. They bowed down and worshiped him. They just, they found Jesus and worshiped him specifically. In other words, they weren't worshiping as pagans anymore. They were worshiping as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And I think that sort of answers one of the questions that this text raises, you know, does, does it mean that, you know, astrology is, is useful or ancient Babylonian religion is, is useful? Well, useful maybe, but is, is it the truth? No. Can God use anything, anything at all to lead us to the truth? Absolutely. Again, they didn't receive eternal life through their pagan religion. They received it through faith in Jesus. So for instance, you know, make it today, a, a good Hindu will not receive salvation by being a good Hindu. But if they are truly seeking, if a person like that is truly seeking, God can find something in the Hindu religion to point that person to Jesus. And that person won't be saved by Hinduism, but Hinduism could be the means that point them to Jesus, and then Jesus saves them. That's very much like what happened here with these magi, these, these pagan priests. What drew them to study the stars was just a shadow of the reality found in Jesus. And by the way, there are scriptures that say that Jesus is the bright and morning star. Numbers 24, 17 and Revelation 22, 16. The Christmas tree is a pagan symbol too. We still use it, right? But maybe the pagan imagery of tree worship, kind of like that of astrology, is a shadow of the reality, a memory of the real thing. Maybe a memory that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden and the Tree of Life. The real thing is what those pagan priests sought. So when we put up a Christmas tree, it's in memory of the real thing, the tree of life that we have only through Jesus. I think this can lead us to ask some questions of ourselves. Like those pagan shamans, they were seeking the truth. What are we seeking these days? Are we interested in the truth? Do we want God himself? Or is it that we want God to do something for us? And I think that's where the religious leaders were at, or maybe Herod. Maybe your biggest concern like them is, is how is Jesus going to affect my plans? How is he going to affect my, affect my ambitions? Is he going to get in the way of things? But what's led you to this place? Is it friends or family? Is it a horoscope? Is it the hope of a day's comfort? Whatever it might be, today's the time to let go of the shadow and embrace the true reality, the reality that the Magi saw. They let go of the shadow of their pagan religion and they looked at this little toddler in front of them invested with the fullness of God. There was true hope, true life, true love. And they fell down and worshiped him. They exchanged the empty shadows for the truth. And you and I are invited to do the same thing. Fall down and worship him to exchange the shadow for the reality, to exchange the thing that points us to God for God himself. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you love all human beings so much that you will 
get to us one way or the other, even if it's <laughs> through a horoscope, one way or another, you will lead us to yourself. We pray that you would do that right now, that you would give us the faith to receive you, Jesus, all the fullness of God dwelling bodily in you, salvation, hope, life, love. Let us receive you now, we pray. Amen.